Hello and welcome to the FDT TV podcast. Today is a day of football where the Premier League seems to have imploded a little bit. Manchester City have been sanctioned with lots and lots of problems. Jesse Marsh has lost his job at Leeds. Sean Dyche has done a wonderful job in four days in charge at Everton. Uh, and yeah, Come. everything else is just going swimmingly. Harry Kane's 200 goals in the Premier League now. Top goal scorer at Tottenham. Uh, and David Moyes is still going strong at West Ham. Uh, but Mike, how are you doing? Yes, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. A little bit bitter from the um, from the weekend's results. Sean Dyche, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but if you ever do listen to this, you're a bastard. Um, but again, a little bit of soft spot for Everton. Obviously, I'm sporting the shirt behind us from uh, a previous forfeit from uh, one of our good friends, um, and I, I think it's, it's brought me a lot of luck this year, but I think it's brought a little bit too much luck at the weekend, and yeah. uh, I'm very disappointed. But other than that, um, <clears throat> some good good results around us, which I suppose isn't the end of the world. No. So we'll uh, we'll live with that. So, so the real question is, though, Mike, when Everton should have been three 0 up at half time, did you swap shirts? Put the blue one no. on. You didn't. Oh, I'm no, dis- I'm disappointed. I no, I didn't. Unfortunately, it, it literally stayed there. I was, I was in, I was in the red one. Um, just pointed over my shoulder. Yeah, I was in, I was in the red one in the front room watching it. And even before the kickoff, I know we we spoke about it a, a little bit last week that it was the appointment of Sean Dyche come at the wrong time for us, massively at the wrong time because we've seen it on so many occasions. The new manager bounce. They they come in. The players have got a point to prove. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, it was against us. And, I, I, dare I say, I know we had lion's share of the possession and chances created and all this sort of stuff, but yeah. they absolutely bullied us. Like, I've not seen any other team do throughout this season. So, um, yeah, just unfortunate. Well done to Everton. Well done to Sean Dyche, you yeah. bastard. Sean Dyche. Um and yeah, but may um, may continue for them. And in fairness, I think it it will. It's not it's not going to go swimmingly. Not obviously going to be table topping by the end of the season. But mm. you know what you're going to get from him. He wants hard work from everyone around him. His interviews, I think, are brilliant in, in his philosophies of football. They're going to be hard to beat, definitely. And although they didn't spend any money, and lots of people made lots of fuss about that, it's from what he said, it's not like they didn't try. But as we all know, January is a very difficult time to make signings, um, mm-hmm. and I, I I worry that that that's another team out of the relegation battle almost, um, with us being drawn into it. I know we 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 got a vital draw at Newcastle and sort of blighted their goal clean sheet record, um, but. It, it didn't look promising in long for long spells of that, and we've got some difficult fixtures coming up. And I know people say, "Well, form goes out the window with these." You've got to have some form for it to go out the window. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's going to be an interesting few weeks ahead. Uh, but mm. I think I think we we, sh- we shall start with uh, Jesse Marsh. I think mm-hmm. I think he's he's in some senses. They've done it in a way where to try and fly under the radar of the Manchester City news breaking because it's not been the headline that Jesse Marsh has been sacked. He's been there for a year. Um, 
And yeah, he he he's gone. They they lost to Nottingham Forest at the weekend, one nil. Um, and it's a strange one, I think, considering how much they backed him in the January window. They bought in Weston McKenney from from Juventus, uh, a record fee, and they bought in someone else as well. And then to sack him the next game, uh, it's just a bit of a shock. Um, mm. I mean, he, he, he his record thirty seven games, eleven one. 10 draws, 16 losses, win rate of 30%. He kept them up last year. They're not doing terrible. Um, but yeah, they've spent the best part of £47 million plus loan fees um, in January to then be sacked the, the, the day or the game after. Um, mm. Rumours that are going to bring back... Um, I was going to say Ranieri, but not Ranieri. Uh, Rumours are going to bring back whatever his face is, Bielsa. Do you think that that's a step forward, or do you think that maybe they need to go in a different direction? It's it's a difficult one to answer that one, because um, I think with... If you look at the West Ham example... Um, I think it's a perfect example. I think things will go rosily for a bit, but ultimately you could end up in the same position. And the reason he was sacked the last time is because they weren't getting results. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got to be honest, the, the football under Bielsa, granted that they weren't picking up as many results, but it was an exciting brand of football. Um, it's... I suppose it, it depends on what possibly is going to change between the last occasion and this occasion to warrant him coming back. Yep. I know, I, I suppose the language barrier could be an issue, but obviously within his first tenure at, at Leeds United, the, it, there were times where it was like watching, I don't know, some Spanish football, some tiki-taki giants mm. and, and all this sort of stuff. Whereas... Um, uh, at the moment, I, I suppose they don't really know their arse from their elbow. Yeah. Um, and I think proven in, in their results as well. So um, it, it could go either way. I think from from listening to TalkSport at the time that Bielsa was sacked, I know there was a lot of Leeds fans that were calling up saying that they think it's unfortunate that Bielsa was getting sacked. So the fans may welcome him back, but there's always going to be that division in there. There's yes. there's going to be the ones that kind of like call for his head before he's even took charge again. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be other fans that are going to be so happy if he does come back that he is coming back. So yeah, it's, um, it's a bit of a strange one for me. I personally wouldn't go for a manager that we've had to to try and things turn things around if they weren't successful in the first instance, yeah. um, that's that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, that. I think that the West Ham case with David Moyes, the first time he left, they 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 didn't sack him as such. It was the end of his contract, and they said, right, we're going to mm. try and go for this big star spangled name and see if that works. Actually, it didn't work. So let's go back to what did. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's a difficult one because say under Bielsa. Leeds could beat five nil, or you could win five nil, and it, mm. it just depends on what way the wind was blowing. Um, so yeah, interesting times. It, it's obviously they are on the same points as Everton, uh, sitting just above the relegation zone. Um, and with that happening, we're now over halfway in the season. People start to get twitchy with all oh, we're going to go down, losing to a team you would say are 
rivals in that relegation battle, giving them an advantage. Obviously, probably what got him the sack if they'd lost to a top of the table side. I don't think he necessarily would have gone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just interesting to say. Leeds do have a game in hand on everyone around them, so so they could shoot up the table again. But they need to find an identity fast. I think is is more the case. Um, yep. Uh, and speaking of identities, uh, there is one man who is very identifiable. Not in all cases, but most of them. Harry Kane. He has become Tottenham's top goal scorer of all time. Uh, 267th goal for the club, breaking Jimmy Greaves' record, uh, which stood unmatched for more than 50 years. He also notched his 200th Premier League goal. Uh, so I think he's eight behind Rooney and then 60 behind Shearer. Um, I do think he will break Rooney's record just because that's the way it'll happen. That said, will he get eight more goals this season or will a move be on the cards in the summer, meaning he won't get second place? I don't know. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Uh, but but if I'm totally honest, I don't think he's, he's breaking Shearer's record. What what's what's your views? Okay, so he's twenty nine at the moment, isn't he? Um, he's got, I think, eighteen months left on his contract. Um, I have heard rumours. I don't know how true these are, but that he is open to uh, extending his contract at Spurs. Now, there's there's two ways to look at it. Obviously, he's Broken, obviously, his club record for number of goals. I don't think he's too far behind the England top goals, or has he already broken it? Am I completely uh, forgetting that? I don't. I think he's. I think he's one or two away from. Okay, so he's he's more than likely to break, if not already broken, um, Wayne Wayne Rooney's record for number of goals, and still hasn't won uh, a major trophy. I know Manchester, or there have been rumours that Manchester United are are interested in Harry Kane with 18 months left on his contract. I suppose he is still going to command a fee, uh, but it may be the case, possibly, because let's let's face it, he's going to get one more, either one more big move or one more big contract as Spurs. And he's ageing, he's probably at his peak right now in terms of physicality and all this sort of stuff and i think within one or two years he's gonna be kind of on the back end of it so um personally i think he needs to move yep um because whilst you have got the the greatest goal scorer for your club um and your country People aren't really going to... Well, no, I I tell a lie. People are going to remember you because you do have those accolades about you. However, it could be one of these occasions where he's the greatest striker of all time that hasn't won anything. And I do think that he wants to get those winner medals under his belt. Um, I would say looking at the two teams in terms of where they are in the development, i.e. Tottenham and Manchester United... I think Manchester United is a better proposition in the fact that they're rebuilding. They've obviously got some momentum about them. Yeah. Um, and I would say out of the two clubs, more likely to to win something in the near future. 
Um, but it just depends if he wants to be that one-man club. Does he want to stay in the Premier League? Does he want to go abroad and try something different? Yeah, I, see, I don't I know. The other, the other team he's been linked with is Bayern Munich. You mm-hmm. know you're certainly going to win a league title there. Um, and probably a, uh, a, a German equivalent of the FA Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Not quite as good, but 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 on a similar stature in their country. Um, and you're going to challenge for the Champions League. Um, you're going to get at least the, the, the sort of final knockout stages unless something really goes wrong. Um, so for me, I think he, he should probably move away because um, he's going to score goals in Germany, especially at the top of that Bayern Munich team. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be 30 by the time the next season starts. So in terms of footballer, he, he will start to be at the end end of his career. I know some go longer, but but he will be at the end of his career. And and the biggest thing for me, I think he's he's never been the paciest of strikers. Um, and I think once his pace starts to decline, which it does naturally with age, I think he will really start to struggle um, mm. because Tottenham are not the sort of team where he can just stand on the penalty spot and wait for balls to come in it's not how they play um, and, and, and if he is like that then he won't get the goals necessarily because he's, he's quite heavily involved in the build up isn't he so mm. uh, yeah uh, interesting times ahead for Harry Kane but yeah a, a, a solid achievement at that even though sorry pardon me he hadn't won anything um, and can I just say yeah I know being an Arsenal fan, um, but I've just got to say he's he's a wonderful footballer. Um one of the one of the greatest ever um to, to grace the Premier League and scoring a magical goal yesterday against Manchester City to keep us five points clear of him. So that, I've never had a bad word to say about Harry Kane. He's he's always um he's always kind of like highly commended on this channel. Yeah. Definitely. I say that, never said never a bad bad word said. That opinion has an expiry date of the seventh of February. Um so for all of those who uh, would like to consume it, do so now before it runs out of date. Um yeah, no, he did. He did you a favour at the weekend. But I'll get onto that in yes. a little bit because I do have a question about something I heard, uh, an opinion I heard, which was outlandish, but I could see the, um, I could see the thought process in it. So I just want to get your opinion on that. Um, but say Manchester City. Um, I don't think we'll go into it in too much depth because I think it's been covered to death for most people this this or today, the most part of today, and will be for the next couple of weeks. Um, been alleged that they've breached all sorts of Premier League rules in terms of finances, including um, uh, paying managers from two clubs and, and, and the same with players and things like that to get around financial regulations and not complying with the Premier League to be able to uh, supply them information. It sounds like it's been being investigated for a long time and it will rumble on for much more. So the highlights are a hacker got hold of some emails, gave them to a German magazine who printed them uh, over a number of clubs UEFA as I'm sure we will remember put some sanction in, in place which they took to the court of arbitration they were dropped they were given a 10 million pound fine or 10 million euro fine uh, which is nothing really compared to the money in football at the minute um, and yeah so it's 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 in line with that similar ac- accusations and stuff it can't be time barred um, because that's the way the Premier League bylaws are written. 
Um, but it sounds like it's going to be rumbling on for some time. Uh, Manchester City have already geared up lawyer-wise. They're not happy that the media were primed before they were given uh, the alleged charges, um, and they heard it through news outlets rather than from the uh, proper process, which should they should have had first, really. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be rumbling on for ages, but potentially points deduction. Um so I think the earliest we're going to see something is next year. But in terms of points deductions, Mike, if if this is uh, allegations and uh, uh, over 100 counts of charges that, they, they, that they've been given, uh, let's say they're found guilty of 70 as a, a not guilty of 30. This is all obviously hypothetical because you've got to be proven mm-hmm. guilty before. But let's say that's, that's the case. What do you think in terms of point deduction? Is it is it half a point per allegation or per charge? Is it a point per charge or is it just a twenty five point deduction? What 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 do you think is is going to be the the likely punishment dished out? I I think it's difficult to to say because sorry difficult to say even not see um, because we haven't really come up with this these sorts of allegations uh, prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very unprecedented, obviously, given the stature of uh, Manchester City. Um, obviously, there's I know the the timescales that they're looking at. I think it's 2009 to 2010 onwards until I think it's like 2018, 2019. So yeah. it's quite a significant period. And you have to, I personally think, you have to take in, if they are in breach of these rules, those that number of seasons where they have had a i suppose a significant advantage yeah. over other teams um and some of the signings etc they have made would they have been able to do them if they were again not in breach of financial fair play and all this sort of stuff i know those yeah. kind of workarounds and all this sort of stuff but um for for me personally i don't think there's anything you can do for the titles that have already been won, you can't really strip him of their titles. For me, like I said, I would take into account all of the the seasons that they are technically in breach of. Yep. And I, I think a blanket fee, uh, a blanket fee, a blanket deduction of points will be all that's dished out to them. Um. What what that value of the fee? Oh, I keep saying fee, the value of the deductions. Um, I th- I think it's very hard to say. I mean, I suppose we could draw some comparisons to to other leagues where there's been similar instance incidences such as this, and probably apply the same sort of values to 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 that. I guess. Um, but I reckon anything less than. 20 25 points i think will be an insult to other clubs yeah um and obviously i'm not just saying that given the position that we're in because i know it's one of our best shots that we've had for for quite a while but yeah i think anything less than that where you look at teams that have been outdone i know it's slightly different but for um poor decisions for for from match officials and all that sort of stuff yeah and it's cost them significantly are you being relegated etc um yeah i think being put in a position where 
kind of kind of like the derby position a couple of years ago i think where they had i think theirs was like a 30 point deduction yeah, before year, they'd yeah. even started so yeah. yeah for for me something along that ilk would be sufficient yeah and say so it's, it's, it, the likelihood is uh, as we said it's not going to be this season it probably earliest it's going to be next season if they start on minus points so be it um, I, I do think there will be some shade thrown in in terms of Manchester United, Liverpool, the amount they've spent over the last four or five years, um, and certainly this year Chelsea. I think they will all be dragged mm-hmm. into it. Well, if you're looking into us, then then what's happening with all of these? Because they've got more equal, if not more, spending than what Manchester City have over those same periods. Um, but yeah, it's it's things will rumble on. It, it, if you're interested, the the place to keep an eye out is the Premier League site um, because that's where they're going to publish the next thing, which is the findings of, of what's gone on and if the charges have been upheld or dropped. Um, so, yeah, interesting stuff. And speaking of Liverpool, they're yet to have a win in 2023 in the league. Um, it's very similar to the implosion at Dortmund. Are almost identical, um, but say we've heard about people leaving. Mane's left, the chief doctor's left. Um, where Liverpool were so successful, um, they had a trinity of people. They had Jurgen Klopp. They had uh, uh, a guy called Edwards and a guy called Gordon. One was a, like the director of football, dealing with players and scouting. Um, and that side of things. The other one being chief of finance. Um, one of them's left at the end of his contract, wanted to take a break of football. The other one's now more focused on finding investors and buyers for Liverpool Football Club. So again, it's another element of that football club which has been ripped apart after having been successful and potentially contributing to this downfall of Liverpool in the Premier League. Um, they are sitting 10th at the moment. Um, I think if you look at the VAR decisions from earlier in the season, uh, someone has done a table, they would be sitting 15th, um, if I'm correct. Uh, from what I've seen, that for, for decisions that are clearly wrong. Um, so it's, it's, it's strange because they have a lot of quality in their team, but it just doesn't seem to be clicking. Now, th- that could be, as we said, a, a combination of things. Um, but looking at some of the recruitment you got they bought in Darwin Nunes for a humongous fee what is it 70 million something like that and I've got to be honest he's been he's been diabolical um, do you think that, that if one of these elements had gone wrong the, the doctor had left so their injury list has got worse or, or their, their backroom hadn't been disbanded as much or some key players left do you think if, if it had been one individual element, it wouldn't really matter rather than the accumulation? Or do you think it was something that was a, a long time coming anyway? Um, it's, it's a difficult question because obviously they've they've ridden the, the high life for the last five years or so. Uh, they've done extremely well in terms of competitions that they've won. They've won a Champions League. They've won the Premier League. They've won... The FA Cup, they've won the, the the Carling Cup, and dare I say it, some stupid, probable pre-season jobbies. Um, however, <clears throat> I think 
it's it's got to be a culmination of everything that's just made them go bang because I don't understand how you can be a team that's challenging not only for the Premier League but getting into the latter stages of the European competitions and also the the domestic cup competitions to mm-hmm. to falling off the face of the earth. Yep. Um I know obviously they they have been hit with some significant injuries this season um but I'm, I mean isn't that the idea of of making the recruitment and developing your academy that you have that backup so should you get into those positions now again i suppose you could kind of caveat that with if you've got multiple injuries in multiple positions you can't obviously have four virgil van dykes within the team i know know that Mm -hmm. i'm not stupid before anyone starts listening to this comment and thinking well you can't have everyone in that team copy quality but um, everyone's been waxing lyrical about Liverpool and their strength of depth for, for the last five years because there have been times where they have been hit with injuries and they've managed to see it through with the players that they've got. As you mentioned last week, they've got an aging squad. Yeah, and yes, I know they've made a couple of recruitments in um, in this season, obviously with the recruitment of Cody Gakpo and, as you said, um, Darwin Nunez. But even looking at the start of the season, every, everyone was uh, going on about how good Nunez was going to be. It was going to be the replacement for Firmino and and all this sort of stuff. And then you started seeing not only his efforts in in weekly games, but training training footage as well, where he's mi- missing absolute sitters. And I think it was a massive gamble for them. For in fact, I'm just going over old ground that that we've been speaking about the the last couple of weeks, but. It's it's a massive gamble for for someone that was doing very well in um, the division that he was in. I think you said the Portuguese um, Portuguese division last yeah, year. Inflated prices and uh, but, uh, again, I, I suppose with that price tag becomes or there comes an element of of pressure because you have to obviously start hitting expectations otherwise people are going to label you a flop yeah i mean i know you can be a flop for a lot less but i think there's that unfair expectation you look at pepe um for for us obviously it was our, our club record signing and it was i wouldn't say a monumental flop but he was definitely not pulling up trees moments of brilliance and got us out of some sticky situations on a couple of occasions but was never that level of consistency um, but you're right. He's he's absolutely diabolical. Um, I t- but <laughs> sorry, just going back to your question. I think it's a combination of things. Wow, what a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. When you, when you look at Liverpool as a, as a club, um, historically, obviously, a big club, um, and it goes back to that thing of big club, huge club. Do you know what I mean? Um, but when you look at recent history, barring the last few years. Um, and mm-hmm. that one Brendan Rodgers year, they came second. You have to go back to 2008-9 before you start getting them being a, a top five club. In, between mm-hmm. then and, and now, um, let's say between 08-09, or sorry, 09-10 and 15-16, they were a mid-table side. 
Like, mm. uh, and, and Liverpool fans, I'm sure, remember that. It's not like it's it's unheard of territory that they're being a mid-table side. And I know we talk about this big six and whatnot. I'm not really sure where that comes from because for, for a long period, Liverpool haven't been at the races. Uh, they've had a, a purple patch recent years where I think a lot of clubs have fallen off. You think Alex Ferguson leaving, Wenger leaving. That's a huge change. Now, you take two clubs out of the race straight away. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, obviously, Chelsea are away again recently have been there or thereabouts. But I think when you you take out all those big names and you have a manager who, who's had a lot longer a run in in the game to be able to come in and and, and, and do this high press in times of change, that, that's what they've capitalised on. I think when you look at it over the the wider picture and a longer longer period. I think now Manchester United are coming back from things. Arsenal have, have found their way again. Uh, obviously, Tottenham are getting bigger and better from what they were because, again, they were a mid-table side. They were the best of the rest sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and, and a number of clubs you, that you would say are normally up there in, in that mid-table ranks are, are playing poorly. They, they've capitalised. Um and I don't really know what my point is here, apart from I'm not sure why everyone's surprised at the fact that an ageing Liverpool team are back at mid-table. When you look at the other thing I was going to bring up in, in, a, in a point of the reason why it's happening, I'm not sure if Klopp's lost the plot. He's refusing to answer questions on um, from, from journalists. Um that's part and parcel of, of the job. You might not like it. They're going to ask some questions which are wrapping you up a little bit. Um, but there's lots of players at that club that they could have shifted out in January. They just didn't. They, they could have swapped deals, trades, do you know what I mean? Get some money in, mm-hmm. get a little bit and spend that. Oxlade Chamberlain, what's he still doing at Liverpool? He's been there for, for ages now. He All right, he plays the odd occasion in the cup. Why, why is he still there? What's he adding to that team? If you took him out of it, mm. there's a big wage saved. It, you, you're going to get £10 million for him because he's a decent player when he's fit. But but you could have used that to try and leverage something else or, or move in with something else. And I just I just feel like maybe he's lost the plot. It, it did happen at Dortmund. It's in the same sort of time scale. And I know I said last week I don't think they'll sack him. I think if they lose to Everton... I sack him. Oh, okay. This right. The, I, that, that, that's I've, I've that's interesting a... because I think for the last three, four weeks, yeah. we've been having this discussion. Obviously, the, the, the wheels have come off the gravy train, if you like. Um, and you were adamant. No, yeah. they're not going to sack him. They're not going to sack him. So I, I was actually going to pose a question to you on this um, with... <clears throat> not so much, are they sack him? But would you be surprised if he left the club? Um, <clears throat> as in by by mutual consent, like going to the board and saying, "Look, I've taken you as far as I can go. We haven't had any, or I haven't been backed significantly in um, the last couple of transfer windows." Yes, I know. Again, for the for the players that they have brought in, they have spent a significant amount of money. But um, <clears throat> would you be surprised if he did 
did quit, or are you uh, are you now of the opinion that he will get sacked? Uh, I I don't think he will quit, only on the basis that that's a huge payout he'd miss out on, hmm. and as a, a top level manager, which you'd have to describe him as, he, he has been there, done it, he's won, he's won everything. Um, I think he will always back himself to be able to to get out of the the nosedive, so to speak. He, hmm. he couldn't do it at Dortmund. You would you would have liked to think he learned from those mistakes. Clearly, he hasn't because we ended up in the same situation. Um, I don't think he will resign. I think there will be people calling for his head if if they do lose to Everton. Um, and I think at that point you go right. Let's go out and get someone else. Well, Allegri's still at Juventus, who have been docked points. Let's go and get him. We know he can do a job. Sarri, or what's his name? Sarri, who used to manage Chelsea, can do a job, play Parsi football. That's what we want. I could even see Mourinho going in there, do you know? It's, hmm. Or you go, Klopp, um, Klopp, Guardiola looks like he might want to leave. Let's get him in. Do you know what I mean? Capitalise on those little... Little bits. They've not got a bad squad. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying they're 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 terrible, but they're not what they are. But having hmm. be sitting dead tenth, not looking like they're going to do anything. Three 0 against a, a really poor Wolves side, you would say, who are, who are lacking in confidence. Then you got to play Everton. You lose to them. You they could end up. Bottom half of the table. Do you know what I mean? Before too long, mm. and then then it's only a short sight. They've had the rub of the green with VAR. That's what we're saying. Like had had they been sitting fifteenth, they're in a relegation battle. Had VAR not mm. been about, um, and yeah, I just at that point, I think you have to go. Well, hang on, the the guy who's been in for a week and a half has dismantled. Us as a local rival, we've been, and this is a case like if 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 Everton play their way the way they did against you, and they always step their game up against Liverpool. I know it doesn't always mm-hmm. go their way, but they do step their game up. Um, if if the guy who's been in a week and a half can beat the project of a man who's been in for seven years, and as ha- it's not a case of, all right, I'll, I've been in a year, I need two more transfer windows to be able to get players out and. You've been there seven years. That's that's your club from top to bottom. Mm. If the new guy comes in and beats you with a team that hasn't had any of his own signings in, that have been wayward all season, I, I, I don't see the argument for keeping him. Mm. He's not the man to bring you back. But yeah, that's my that's my opinion change for the for the month. Um, I'm sure, I like it. I'm sure. I'm sure when they lose, I'll go. Oh, no, they didn't really mean it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the things. Um, right. What is next? Chelsea. Uh, I've bought in six hundred million pounds worth of players since they were bought. Uh, new British record signing in Enzo Fernandez, who everyone said looked mustard. Um, in their nil-nil draw at Fulham. I don't know how you can look mustard in a nil-nil draw. Um, didn't see much on the extended highlights from him that 
okay, yes, he can he can pass the ball. Yes, good job. He passes to his own team. All your players should be doing that. If they all did, maybe you wouldn't be where you are in the season. Um, <laughs> but they, they seem to have upset the apple cart a little bit with their homegrown players. Um, one of the big names, Mason Mount, brought through by Frank Lampard. Um, mainstay in the England team now. Is in their first team. Uh, he's running out of contract and is refusing to sign a new deal. It did look like they were going to be able to come to terms and then they bought loads of players. Now, with that being said, they have a bulging squad which can't all be registered for all the competitions. They mucked around PSG with Hakim Ziyech on deadline day. If I'm honest, I think that puts people off as potential buyers at any sort of decent rate. They'll be paying pennies on the pennies on the on the dollar now, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. for players from Chelsea because of the hassle they might cause them. Um, and with players happy to walk away from their contracts, getting nothing out of it. Two part question: Do we see the complete demise of Chelsea again in terms of? where they are in the league and uh, and being sort of a lower league team as they were back in the 80s. Um, or, or, and do we see further financial regulations put in place? We have seen transfer bans on them before for their their um, their actions. So will, the, will, the, will the, a mix of those two and players leaving mean that Chelsea are shit? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so part one of your question, what was it again? So, so essentially, with the, the money being spent, yep. this is the way I was meant to phrase it, but it's not the way it came out. The financial mo- money being spent and, and, and people not wanting to do business with them again, does that, mm-hmm. does that create for, uh, financial fair play regulations as we've seen putting on Man City and things like that, potentially? Does, does that, along with players happy to walk out their contracts mean that they're going to see a tumbling down the, the team down right the table. <clears throat> so I think um, PSG were very vocal with their frustrations over the the, the lack of or the, the incorrect timings on uh, transfer paperwork and all this sort of stuff um, so I think any bridges <laughs> likely to be burnt with um with that and yes it could cause a problem with um future windows i suppose in one sense you could say it was an honest mistake but i mean it's deadline day it comes around the same time every year and i think all parties were ready to go on this occasion it just happened that um the they they didn't send the the um the the paperwork i think by the correct time someone's fat fingers obviously got stuck on the fax machine button or something. Do you know well, what I mean? What, what but, PSG um, said they, yes. they, they said as well that they were sending through wrong documents. So at one point they sent through his medical that he did at Chelsea rather than the the, the signed sheet. And they would just they said, no, that's the wrong one. And they just sent something else and they were sending blank bits of paper rather than, than the deals. And Maybe just, they were in a fluster because they are trying to get the Enzo Fernandez deal done. Maybe, <laughs> it would surprise just, me if they ended up sending medical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, they do run the risk of um, potential suitors in the future. Um, but I mean, just in terms of players wanting their contracts terminated, 
just from our own experience, um, and when I say our own experience, I mean Arsenal, there's there's been a few players that obviously that we've seen over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, the Mikel Arteta era, mm-hmm. um, I think it's fair to say, where they're, they are happy for um, their contracts to be terminated and allows them to pursue other opportunities. Now, in the case of Mason Mount, I think one of the issues that they're having is a sticking point regarding the wages. Now, for me, I'd say Mason Mount has probably been one of the most consistent players for Chelsea this season Mm -hmm. and over the last couple of seasons as well. And I think one of the arguments that he's having is that he wants to be paid in the same region as some of the other players within his uh, within the team. Yeah. So I think um, Raheem Sterling's on something stupid like 240 grand a week or something, around about that figure. And he wants to be kind of at that level. And I think the, the value which Chelsea have offered, I think it's around £200,000 a week, is slightly short of his expectations. Now, for someone that's got only a short amount of time on his contract in relative terms, i.e. 18 months, <clears throat> there is an argument <clears throat> to say, okay, well, I want the best for myself, as in I'm Mason Mount now, and I'm not. I'm better looking for stars. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've, got, um, I've got this amount of time left on my contract. I either can request for it to be terminated now in, in the summer and look for other opportunities where I'm likely to get that sort of figure. Or I ride it out, get a massive sign-in on bonus for the next team that I play for. Yeah, It's kind of swings and roundabouts because I've seen the benefit it's had for our club. We've got a lot of Deadwood out of our club over the last couple of years, yep. to which has allowed us to um, rejuvenate the, the squad. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's detrimental for for Chelsea in the long run mm-hmm. especially the the caliber of play that they brought in and the wage structure they brought them in on um I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad thing but the other side to that is you you've spent quite a significant amount of money on these players offering them ridiculously long contracts and therefore you're going to have to rely on those contracts because at the end of the day the the players have got a contract with the club. Yep. Even if they're crap, yep. they're kind of stuck with them. So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say the contract business is, or the termination part, isn't necessarily detrimental. They could potentially see some good players go out, but I don't think from what we have seen of them already in the Premier League and also... I know it's only hearsay, but <clears throat> from what they've been able to produce, produce in other countries, they are quite exciting young prospects yeah. to the game. Yeah, uh, Giving them a chance to develop, it could work out more beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. I think the, the bit that gets it for me is if he's being mucked around, he seems like quite a well-liked player by a lot of the England squad. Um, obviously, I know each player's different, but he's of the younger generation of players. Um, another big one coming out of contract, Declan Rice, who Chelsea have been trying to sign for a little while now, a number of seasons, is his best mate. Is that <coughs> He could say, you don't want to go there, they're not going to treat you right. Oh, I've come through the academy, mm. I've been a staple there, 
uh, on the first name on the team sheet, actually, when everyone else was playing bad, I was winning us points and they didn't see the value in it. If he does that and a number of other players go, you know what, I can't get in a team, I want out as well because we've signed all of these young players on big contracts um, and it's a, it's a bolding squad, so actually I'm only playing 15 games a year rather than 30. If they all leave, you've got the, the homegrown players thing, haven't you? They're going to struggle mm. on that side of things. So I think it's, it's in some senses a little bit short-sighted on Chelsea rather than not putting in a proper wage structure to fit into and splurging loads of money. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be short of suitors for Mason Mount, if I'm totally honest. Um, and, and yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story. But mm. another Mason that has made the headlines maybe a little while ago, that we didn't talk about too much. Mason Greenwood was uh, given alleged charges for um, all sorts of horrible, horrible things. Uh, If you Google it, you can find out all about it if you don't already. He's not played in two years. Um, Same same amount of goals and assists as Saka, funnily enough, in uh, in that two years. So robbed of some of the best part of his career, you could say, as a promising young player. Um, all charges have now been dropped by the Greater Manchester Police. Two things that go with that means one, he could now play again football because he was on the house arrest and things like that. Um, will he go back into that Manchester United squad because he fits the mould for what Ten Hag wanted uh, or or wants in a player? And there is no doubt he. He is a good footballer. Not not questioning his morals and things like that. Obviously, he wasn't charged, but but the videos and, and audio clips you have to question that they they've they've dragged it out for two years and they've gone. We haven't actually got any evidence. Um, but two things: Do you think he'll go back to Manchester United or, or or play again for Manchester United? And two: Do you think there'll be some action on his part against the Greater Manchester Police for robbing him of? One, a reputation, and two, two years of his career and a lot of money. One, it's it's a hard one um, because I'm, do you know what? I'm I'm really reluctant to say what I was going to (laughs) say because we don't, sorry, I I don't mean that in in a jokey sense. I mean, it's it's difficult because when when you have all these allegations, yeah. I mean, I want to th- just draw back to is it the Chet Atkins, Chet Evans, Chet Evans, thank yeah. you. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, obviously was put in prison for uh, being accused of rape and all this sort of stuff. Now, <clears throat> it then came to light he was um, new evidence from the trial and um, was found not guilty for, for these crimes. So it was a, dare I say, a disgusting accusation for um, punishing someone in that sort of position. Obviously he's, he's gone to prison. It's another one likely to have lost the best years of his footballing career. His reputation is always going to be damaged going forwards, even though he has been found guilty, there's still going to be that. Um, minority of people that are going to hold him against him, i.e. opposition fans, etc. Um, <clears throat> now, in the case of Mason Greenwood, I think with the evidence that they had was enough to 
enough to charge him initially. Yep. However, they've not been able to prosecute him because of um, some of the evidence for key witnesses have been um, or have pulled out of the investigations, etc. So for for me, that the, the charges have been dropped. I wouldn't necessarily unfairly or fairly. Um, it's it's a hard one to to, to kind of answer, area, isn't it? Um, certainly from a, a club aspect. Obviously, we know who was on. He was suspended from Manchester United pending the investigations. Yep. Um, and I suppose technically, now that the charges have been dropped, he could go back in to the Manchester United team. I've already seen that Nike have pulled out of the sponsorship contract with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, obviously, the, the monetary amounts handed in that, but I would say from a, a reputational standpoint, it's I don't think he's going to play football again, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, th- I I would be very surprised if Manchester United bring him back in, given the size of the club that they are mm-hmm. and given the, the nature of the accusations. Yep. Um, and the fact that we're already seeing sponsorship deals pulling out mm. of that contract, I think is bad news for Mason Greenwood. And I think, unfortunately, it's, say, rightly, wrongly, whether you agree with it or not, we try to be as, as impartial as possible on this. He's not been found guilty of anything, uh, but mud sticks. We see it with mm. Jolly Depp. Uh, everyone dropped him apart from one thing. Um, he won his case, and all of a sudden people come grovelling back. Um mm-hmm. It's a difficult one, and unfortunately, um, I think he has made some mistakes in his life. I'm sure he will admit that. I think maybe the money went to his head. It might have done him a good thing, being in the centre of that, to go, actually, I need to to, to reassess what I want to do with the position I'm in. But it's it's a hard one, um, because he is such a talent. And as you said, Chet Evans come back. I think it was Sheffield United he went and played for again. Um, after the fact, uh, uh, certainly initially, um, but it's never forgotten, is it? It's always there. Um, mm. And yeah, interesting times ahead for him um, in terms of what he will now go on and do um, or not do, one way or the other. Let us know in the comments whether you think he will play for Manchester United again. Um, and that leads us on to finally the predictions. So each week we, we, we make some predictions, sometimes very outlandishly, for the cup sitting behind me. Uh, it is three points for a correct result, one or for a correct score, one point for a correct result, and no points for the wrong result. Uh, usually we do West Ham and Arsenal, and any, any big games that come up in between. Uh, so last week it was obviously uh, West Ham, Newcastle, and Arsenal-Everton. So, Mike, what were the uh, the predictions for those games? Okay, so a cast of mind back. If you, if you want to go back and check out the episodes, um, they normally or the predictions normally come to an end. So, even if you're not interested in um, in the, the the main bulk of the topics, and you're only interested in our predictions, I can't imagine why you would be. Um, but skip towards the end, and you'll hear them. Um, I quite wrongly um, predicted for an Arsenal 3-1 win. I think you were a little bit more conservative and went for a 1-1 draw. Um, for for me, I should have kind of listened to my heart because I think 
throughout the episode, I was I was spouting all this crap about Sean Dice coming in. It was going to be detrimental to us, but given the form that we were on, I would like to think they would have taken a bit of time to adjust to his philosophies. Uh, obviously proved wrong. We lost 1-0, um, as uh, as we mentioned earlier. So zero points for me and zero points for you because you predicted the draw. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going on to the Newcastle-West Ham, we both had a 2-0 win to Newcastle on this one. And I was a little bit reluctant to to change my prediction because I thought you were going to get an absolute drubbing. Um, obviously, the score was 1-1. Fair play to West Ham. Um, but... Like I said, both predicted 2-0, so no points there. So the the table stands as it is. No change there. I think I'm on 40 points, and you're currently on 36. So there's uh, a four-point gap at the moment. Um, yeah. It's a score stay as they are, mate. Yeah. The worst bit about it is... As they like, are. Is when I speak Sorry, to, 30, 34 points, not 36. Yeah. When, when I speak to my missus, like, the weekend before, or a couple of days before the weekend... I say, oh, this is going to be this, this is going to be that. And I always get it right. I need to channel <laughs> that that energy to, to appear now rather than in three days' time because it's useless at that point. Mm. Uh, so this week we I do... I suppose it's, it's because there's a, a lot of um, a lot of things can happen, obviously. You can pick up injuries and stuff during the midweek and or whatnot, which could effectively change the outcourse of the game from the, the Monday predictions. But mm. anyway, carry on. So this week we have Arsenal, Brentford, West Ham, Chelsea and Everton. Liverpool. Uh, so I think we should, if I'm totally honest, or I say Liverpool Everton, because Liverpool own, we should go with Arsenal first because you are top of the league. So, Mike, what is your thoughts on Arsenal versus Brentford? <coughs> um, firstly, I would just like to call out all of the Arsenal fans uh, who have um, been bad mouthing Arsenal and <coughs> saying that Arteta should be sacked. And, and all the crap that has come with the, the loss over the weekend. I appreciate it's not ideal, obviously, against Everton. But like I mentioned at the start of the episode, they've they've been a bogey team for us for a number of years. And I think people need to realise that we've only lost two games this season. We're still five points clear with a game in hand over the rest of the table, um, which could extend up to eight points. So I think people need to chill out a little bit. We was never going to go through the season with only one loss. So people need to get a reality check and sort their lives out. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on to the uh, the Brentford game. Uh, obviously, we are at home. We have had a fantastic record at home over the last couple of seasons. Um, I think back to winning ways, nice and simple. Do you know what? Just very quickly, there's there's been a couple of players that I think have, um, have got maybe a little bit fatigued over the number... Um, over the number of weeks where we've had pretty much the same starting lineup for pretty much consistently over the course of the season. So now that we've brought in reinforcements, I think we need to see um, possibly either one of Martinelli or Saka rested. Um, we give Trossard a bit of a, a run out. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say change up the back four because they have been pretty solid. Um and maybe give Jorginho a bit of a, a more of a, a run out as opposed to a bit of a cameo. Um, I think Arsenal to win 2 1 on this one. Ooh, interesting. Different to what I thought. Brentford are high flying in seventh this year and playing very, very well. Seem to seem to know where the goal is a lot over the last few games. I know they drew to Leeds, 
I can see this as a score draw. I'm going to go for two all. Okay. Uh, that leads us on next then to West Ham, who are sitting firmly in 16th place, who take on the worst club in London, Chelsea. Um, well, not according to the table, but according to all the other facts. Uh, Chelsea are, <laughs> Chelsea are um, awful. Um, they're, they're not playing well. I think they will start to gel, but they've had a lot of nil-nils. I don't like the fact that we, over the last few weeks, have had the least shots on target in every game. Um, and I just feel like, at some point, that Chelsea team is going to start to click into place. There is a lot of quality about it. Um, I just hope it's not this game. I'm going to go for a 2-1 to Chelsea. See, I've already, I've got that down, written down already. I've already Chelsea. However, um, I think you, I think you're, in fact, I am going to change my prediction this week. <clears throat> Obviously, you've mentioned they have had a bit of a, a torrid run um, this season. Um, obviously, the changes with uh, Graham Potter at the wheel, it's, it's its a bit of a strange time for Chelsea. I'm actually, I have changed my prediction. I'm going to go for 1-1, one, one, I think, on this one. There's a little part of me doesn't think we're going to score, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> uh, and then we see... Got to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah, we see um, Everton wander across that park over to see... Jurgen Klopp and his windy pitch. Um, interesting <laughs> fact, right? Here's, a, here's something I did think about while I was meant to be sleeping last night. There, there, there are stones far away from each other, right? Mm-hmm. I've never once heard an Everton manager say, we lost because it's too windy. Why is it so much windier where Anfield sits, considering it, it, it's got a high-sided stadium, than it is wherever Everton is? Just... Food for thought, food for thought. But, but Mike, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one because you are leading our table as well. So what's your thoughts on Liverpool versus Everton? I, d- <clears throat> I know where I want to sit on this one. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Sorry, frog in the throat. Um, I know where I want to sit on this one and me possibly predicting this will have the opposite effect. Now, I've seen a few absolute toss bags come out on social media of Liverpool fans essentially laughing at the fact that we've um, that we lost against Everton, who have gone through an extremely poor run uh, already this season. Now, Sean Dice coming in, I think it's a positive move for Everton. I actually think they've made the right appointment this time. It's going to take a bit of time. There's going to be ups and downs uh, along the journey. However, I think with... The fact of a new manager and the fact that they picked up their first win in ages against the team at the top of the league Mm -hmm. is only going to give them more wind in their sails. Liverpool have shown their frailties so many times this season. And as you've also mentioned, they have been quite fortunate in terms of their VAR decisions. Obviously, the, the away fixture for Liverpool early run in the season, yeah. I think that they were absolutely robbed or Everton were absolutely robbed yeah. um, for an offside decision. So <clears throat> I am going to go for redemption for Everton to win 2-1. Uh, 
very good. I I I, I don't think you're far wrong. Uh, they're going to breed <coughs> on that confidence. They were there. The, the midfield that he's deployed are a big, strong midfield that have got lots of legs in them. Decore, Jessica Gay, and the other geezer. Um, but yeah, so they are they are good players, and they've got experience in that Everton squad, and that confidence is going to do them the world of good. Liverpool are low on confidence, and. All right, it's at Anfield, but I feel like the Anfield crowd will get on the back of the Liverpool players if they start playing badly against Everton. Because um, that's if they get relegated, the one game they need to win at home is against Everton. Um, if that's the only win all season, so I'm going to go for another one nil to Everton. Okay, I, th- I think they're 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 not gonna they're gonna spurn their chances a little bit like they did against Arsenal, but I think they will make the breakthrough in the end uh, let us know what your thoughts are on those fixtures as well in the comment section or over on Twitter let us know um, is, have you got anything else Mike? Uh, no no. Okay. I think we've we've covered a lot of stuff tonight and we've done well yeah so uh, until next week I've been Ian I've been Mike make sure you're subscribed and we'll see you very very soon